What would happen if five of America's top 11 most beloved talk show hosts all talked on top of each other for an hour? We're about to find out on the first ever edition of Strike Force 5. Let's meet the Strike Force, starting with the former host of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert from his headquarters in South Carolina, Stephen Colbert. Hello, Jimmy. It's an honor to be here. This is where we should all applaud each other. It is an honor to be with you here, Stephen. Next, from his home studio in Long Island, where he stays up late every night recording himself singing along with the Bee Gees karaoke, the former host of The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon. Hello, Jimmy Fallon. Hey, thank you. So happy to be here. This is exciting. Uh, good, good morning. Mentioned to the listeners for the purposes of this podcast, Jimmy will be known as Tammy from here on. And then Jimmy's <laughs> upstairs TV neighbor. Fans of this show know him as the cute one, the Nick Carter to our Backstreet Boys, Unemployment Zone, Seth Meyers. Seth? It's just so exciting to be talking before 1237 at night. Say hello to the lady, Seth. Tell us, what color are your eyes? I, I looked at pictures of you for a lot of the night last night. I can't figure it out. I've been told ocean blue, Jimmy. And for those who will criticize us, who say we don't need a show hosted by a group of four middle-aged straight white men, we bring you a fifth middle-aged straight white man, but this one is from England, which is an entirely different country. He is the currently force majeure former host of Last Week Tonight, John Oliver. Hello, John. Hello, Kimmel. At first, I'd say Seth's eyes are Gatorade blue, but, you know, reasonable people can disagree. Also, I cannot believe you're the only one who gets to have a soundboard. I didn't know we were doing soundboards. That changes everything. As we mentioned, we we are the Strike Force Five. Yeah. <laughs> we, we mentioned that twice already, Jimmy Kimmel. Mm -hmm. what, do you want to explain what this is and how do we and, get? To well, do what is Jimmy? Yeah. What is Strike Force Five? How did that start, you, Mr. Kimmel? Oh, oh, I see. Every time you say the name, yep. of course, it will happen. Well, that's a good warning. That's a good warning. It's yeah. for everyone. It's not just for me. <laughs> this is a Zoom that we've been doing since the WGA strike started. When was that? How many years ago did the WGA? 115 days, something like that now. May 2nd, baby. The last time there was a writer strike, there wasn't a lot of communication between the late night hosts. And as a result, there was a lot of nonsense that went on. So Stephen suggested we get together and we talk through our issues and whatever we're dealing with. And uh, we did, Steven, did Steven suggest this? Steven did suggest this. Yeah, I did. I did suggest this Fallon. When you I say, why do you, why are you rewriting history I'm again? Kind of looking through my emails. Let me sure who suggested it. Suggested okay. what? Oh, that we talk. That we know. talk as part of what group? <laughs> oh, Steven definitely came up with strike force five. I can't believe I fell for that. Explain this podcast before everybody stops listening. Stop blowing things up. So, He's like on on May third, I think was the first time we got together. Like literally, like oh, one day before. in. We talked before, remember? Because oh yeah, be forthcoming. But that was before right. we were the Strike Force Five. Would Would it be fair to say that in two thousand eight, the host didn't get along quite as well as we do? I know it's an incredibly low bar, but that was a sequence of dying marriages <laughs> that they were. Yeah. Who was who? Who were these people in 2005? It was you, Kimmel, me, uh, Conan, Letterman, Jay Leno. I think Craig Ferguson was yes doing the Late Late Show at that time, and me and John, and, and you and John uh, on Comedy Central. Yeah, that was it. That was the group. Eventually, Letterman and Ferguson came back before we did, and we were all mad. But how did they come back though? 
because Dave, Worldwide Pants was its own production company oh, that right. Dave financed, and then he sold it to CBS as his own studio. And so Dave said, what do you guys want? Sure, you can have that. That's how I understand it, in case Dave is listening. Right. If you'd like to come on and correct the record, we'd be honored. If we wanted to make this the Strike Force 6, yeah. Sound effect? Strike that to, no, that's sound not, effect? that is not that's the sound effect for sound Strike effect. Force 6. No. That is not the sound effect for Strike Force 6. Be, if you're listening and you can't see, Kimmel's got his finger over the button this whole time. He's so worried he's not going to be able to get it up there. Right this, here. This I'm is like, the sound like effect. Jeopardy. <laughs> this is the sound effect for Strike Force 6. Oh, mm. shit. Are you, is you, are you showing us a text? <laughs> yeah, and I, since this is not a visual medium, right now, Stephen has his assistant in the room. And he's, he's, wrestling, he's wrestling him. And she's taking, a, tr she's taking a trombone out of a case. <laughs> he's making her do this live. Oh, she's oh, freezing Lord. up. She's nervous. She's freezing up. Oh, my God. It's not a trombone. <laughs> oh, God, Stephen. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a hacksaw. <laughs> Hey, the reason we're doing this is because we are financially supporting members of our staff. There are hundreds of members of our staffs, writers, um, you name it. Everyone that works on a TV show is out of work right now. And so all the money we make for this show goes to them, largely thanks to uh, our presenting sponsors, Diageo, which is the company that makes Casamigos Tequila, our sponsor for this show, Kettle One, Bullet Aviation Gin, many of your favorite uh, spirits, and Mint Mobile, thanks to our friend Ryan Reynolds, who also owns Aviation Gin, is doing a double force. They were very eager to help us support our writers and staffs. They came. Thank you, Diageo. Thank you, Mint Mobile. No, we could not be more grateful. Um, actually, who among you is the least grateful for this gesture that, has been made by Diageo and Mint. I'd probably be willing to say Lee Kimmel it, because uh, you texted yesterday to say they wanted to send uh, some bottles of their product over, and uh, I wasn't sure how they were going to do that, but I was not expecting a knock at my door and a guy just handing me a black plastic bag. Okay. If you, you, well, you're probably not able to see this right now, but John Oliver is holding up. A, what does that say on, John? Thank you for uh, shopping here. Thank, thank you for shopping here. I, I think it was from a bodega. I think yeah. the guy went to a bodega, bought various Diageo products, and then I carried this to the studio this morning, and uh, someone saw me carrying six bottles of premium alcohol, said, I didn't know the strike was going that badly. I said, <laughs> yes, it is, and kept walking. <laughs> hey, what have people been saying to you guys? Like, when you run into people on the street or um, at the bodega or wherever, what do they say to you? You, join, you enjoying the vacation? Yeah, right. I get that a lot. I'm getting that. Too. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is, and I usually say, this is like a vacation in the same way a colonoscopy is like a nap. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're unconscious for both of them, but one of them is really what you want on a regular basis. I want to go back to our sponsors for a second here. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm very, I'm very grateful. I might be on the other end of Oliver here, who has no gratitude but mm -hmm. i'm incredibly gratitude not only for casamigos and for mint mobile but for that combination because that's a fantastic yeah. you just like drink a ton of tequila mm -hmm. and then use your mint mobile device to text someone who used to text, love you ex-girlfriend yeah, yeah yeah okay that's, someone yeah. name an ex-girlfriend name an ex everyone name the ex-girlfriend <laughs> they shouldn't text right now beyonce <laughs> beyonce 
Wait, you dated Beyonce? Not that one. No, I think Beyonce O'Reilly. He he knew her in the yeah, she's in the Bronx. And you know what? I what I respect about her, she didn't. Once uh, the other Beyonce made it big, she didn't change her name. She stuck with it. (laughs) She did. She she did change her last name though. (laughs) Beyonce Sherman. Hey, I also want to say while we're uh, talking about our staffs over the course of this podcast, because, you know, we have uh, researchers, producers, writers, all these people. Uh, I think you're really going to feel their absence while you listen to the five of us talk without their help. And researchers, you know, for sure, because yeah, really no one's fact checking anything we say that you you'll, their absence will be felt and you'll realize how important it is for us to, uh, to to take care of them because they're really all amazing. Let's find out what each of you have been, how you've been keeping busy over the over the summer now steven i know you took your son to college yes that was just a couple of days ago though did you cry when you dropped him off no this is the third one and this is year three so that would be a little odd cry did you cry, did you cry, to cry. First one dropped off oh hell yeah i'm already we all dropped wait my daughter was first we we dropped her off and then all four of us i don't know if the her brothers cried but i think we might have <laughs> cried enough for everybody every night in the front seat driving away holding hands driving oh. Driving down the parkway. Did and, you look back at the dorm room? No, but we I I did find Evie standing quietly weeping in my <sighs> daughter's room. I like opened the door and I went, What are you doing in here? And she just was looking around, slowly oh. turning, looking around oh. the room, crying. <laughs> and I had to close the door and go, That's you can't go in there. That's yeah. that is like Marie Curie's lab. No one goes in there ever again. Does your son know did he take note of the fact that you didn't cry when he was dropped off at college. He's a guy, man. <laughs> yeah, no emotions. Man. Come on, <laughs> cry. Uh, no, actually, he's very. He's uh, John, my my youngest, is uh, it's very uh, very loving and giving, and and he's a great hugger. So, big oh. hugs, big good hugs when we drop him off, even this year. Who Kimmel, else you... dropped a child off at college here? Kimmel's been through it, right? You've dropped kids off at college. I dropped them off. I don't know that they took it particularly seriously, but uh, yeah, my my and my daughter graduated. Now, almost no one in our family graduated college. <laughs> when you dropped them off, had they been accepted to that college, or did you just drop them off and go? You see if they got anything in there. Find your way. Just walk in with a positive attitude. One of them had, and one of them hadn't. But uh, I did. We did just actually. Our son started kindergarten yesterday, which is a you know one of those. Which is what they call, if you've got kids who've gone to college, a gap. Yeah, a gap. Yeah, <laughs> A very, very big gap. But our son is older than most of the kids. We decided to hold him back. We didn't hold him back, but we decided we'd rather him be one of the older kids. He's 14. So we... Oh <laughs> I think that's so smart. I would love to have been like an older kid in my grade. He's the best player on the soccer team. Unbelievable. Sadly like not. He's like Messi. And still working on the ABCs. <laughs> he broke a kid's collarbone playing Duck, Duck, Goose, though, right? <laughs> Seth, you, you started a podcast with your brother, Josh, over this. Um, Thank you for bringing that up. It's called Family Trips with the Myers Brothers. And my brother family and I. Chips? Family Trips. Oh. oh, Family Trips is better. Do we have a clip? Can we? Uh... <laughs> family this trip. is pretty close. This is, this is pretty much the vibe. You and Josh? Me and Josh do it, and um, John's been on, mm-hmm. and the rest of you are going to be asked. So get ready to come on. Who's the older brother? What? Who's the older brother? Well, I'm the older brother. Okay. Are you talking, about, are you talking about your trips that you took, or are you talking about whoever the guest's trips? 
we have uh, the guests come on, and then the guest tries to guess what. No, we uh, we talk about the trips, uh, our trips, and then the, the guest talks about their trips. Wouldn't it be better if you told the same story about the same trip to a series of guests in every episode? You just make them sit there. <laughs> I don't. We'll talk about it. <laughs> kind of a good idea. Interesting. We should do it for uh, Strike Force Five. Seth and John. Oh. Yeah, you're a little late. Gotcha. I'm like wow. I'm pulling Chuck Barris on that one. Seth. Hey, no, no, going to the editor after the fact, Kimmel, and ask him to pull the air out of what between how, how late you were on the Strike Force Five. Sound. Back. Back. Better. Thank you. He's back. He's back. John and and Seth have been doing comedy dates. You've been on comedy dates together. We did three dates together. We're, we, we're on our third date. We did three shows at the Beacon Theater. It was a ton of fun. We did a Q&A at the end. We each did about 45 minutes, and then we did a Q&A. And can I just say a very delightful thing about John? Go ahead. He's very, very mean <laughs> to people who misuse their time at the Q&A. <laughs> and I can kind of tell even the people he's being mean to love it. It's exactly what they wanted. They get to be treated like, uh, you know, it w- some... It wasn't even good. I know. Capitalist. It wasn't even good cop, bad cop. It was good cop, Seth, and cop that should have been fired years ago. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I was thinking it would be fun if we took questions from uh, those who are listening to this broadcast, and if it is indeed a broadcast, and we have an email address, questions at strikeforce5.com or strikeforce at strikeforce5.com so you can send your questions to either of those emails and we will do our best to answer them in an unpleasant fashion let me suppose the strike force that gets the sound effect not the number so if i just said five no nothing nothing, okay five yeah one of our uh, q a someone balcony we call on them and uh john you recall this a guy said how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck would and uh and john just laid into it yeah because he's really because he stumbled he stumbled halfway through that he took a big swing and so the problem is the pressure he's put on himself is executing that perfectly he yeah. failed so yes i interrupted and yelled at him it's an unfair fight i'm lit and have amplification and i i think i probably swung too hard yeah <laughs> i think i remember looking at you seth with a look in your eyes going i think he's had enough now i think <laughs> He was. Everybody was bummed out that that had been his question. It wasn't. It was a collective. Uh, the entire audience. I think the, no one was. I think the problem is the strike is making things so tense. I am looking for things or people to take out that tension on, and that guy was in the right place at the right time, as far as I was concerned. I thought it was a little much that you did a full thirty-minute rant with graphics and video. <laughs> did he have that bit ready going in to see your stand-up? Like, what if they? No, I think it was about 15 minutes into the Q&A that he... So he had managed to come up with it yep. based on the fact that it was happening. And he stood up. That was the thing I objected to the most. He stood up, which was a level of confidence that I felt was writing checks that his ability to execute that sentence you, could not and did not cash. You don't like it when people stand up for the questions? I like that. That, it was, that it was says to me that, like they were raised right. Of course, but the I think the tone had been set that it was a sitting sequence of questions. Him standing up, again, promised... I've got something great here. And what he what he had was nothing. Can I tell you, I relate to every tiny little detail there. I really do. I would have the same reaction. <laughs> you go, Jimmy and I went fishing together this summer, which if you think it's confusing to talk to two Jimmys in a, a podcast, imagine talking to two Jimmys in a boat. <laughs> imagine being a guy just like, Jimmy, over here on your left, and then we both throw it left, and we both wind up tangling. Yeah, tangling. 
I've never been fishing. It was, it was. Yeah, I was gonna say, Kimmel, you're an accomplished fisherman. Well, Fallon, you've never been. No, Fallon, you have a house on a lake. Jimmy, what Jimmy did very well. Jimmy did. Do you remember what you asked the guide when we uh, parked the truck? We got out of the boat and we got onto the river. We got onto the Snake River. Do you remember what you asked? <laughs> you asked does him, that airbag? What you asked? asked him, "Does the river go in a circle that will bring us back to the truck?" Yeah, I thought it was like a lazy <laughs> river. <laughs> why why i didn't know i didn't know where we're, i thought it was like a lazy river at like uh a, a water park and, and you go around water. and then they yeah they drop us back off the truck well how else are we gonna find because you got it's uh, a fine question fallon how is the truck gonna be, he drove the truck so how possibly could the truck meet us at a different location unless it's like a, a elon musk is involved in something or is like electric or a, a robot is gonna drive the truck i go well, this is awesome. So we're going to go. I didn't know what was going on. I, I just, I was working on my playlist. The only thing you'll feel fair, Fallon, is living in a more ideal world than the one we actually live in. Your idea was better than the reality. Kimmel, is it any truth to the rumor that obviously you have a lot of celebs come out there to go fishing, that you have uh, scuba divers under the water who then hook the fish to the, <laughs> to the rods of your A-listers yeah. so that they there are some celebrities. Most of them don't fish. They just kind of hang around, which um, enrages me. I'll be honest with you. I hate when people come out here and they don't fish. I will. I, I do fish, no. and I've never even been invited. Oh well, you, well, you, had, to, you had to get Fallon out there. In fairness, Seth hasn't invited you on his podcast yet either, and he invited both me and John. Yeah. Have you been invited on the podcast, Fallon? No. Okay. But I don't do podcasts. God, Seth, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's I clear. I didn't mean to bring that up. I was. Uh, I feel like that's exactly what I think you were trying to take. You were trying to deflect from the fact that Colbert hasn't gone fishing with you, and then you turn it on the podcast. Well, the By the first. way, people like invited fishing. Nobody likes getting invited on a podcast. <laughs> I wish I had a river. Right? Is that is that, is that <laughs> Joni? That's Joni. That's Joni Mitchell. I might have done that too. I think I did it for fun. Did, did you do Rio by Duran Duran? Did you? No, but I hung out with Duran Duran. <laughs> What? Go on. When was that, Jimmy? Really not. When did you hang out with Duran Duran? In the, I'd say two, early 2000s. Oh. Probably Ordinary <laughs> World. That's definitely not right after Ordinary World, because oh. that's late night. Yeah. No, this is like the live album, Ordinary World. This was oh, our, okay. pre, our pre-show conversation that we're now going back to, because there was so much gold there. <laughs> we have gotten the gold part, yeah. You actually brought this up because Randy Gerber... Who's one of the owners of Casamigos, which is the product Oh, there you got it right there. That is sponsoring this uh, endeavor. He actually uh, owned a club, and you went oh, to that club. <laughs> Dude, wait, we all did it? Seth, you didn't do it? Well, I don't have one. I don't have one either. I'm so sorry, guys. Are you guys getting stir crazy? Are you ready to go back to work? Because... As you know, I was very intent on retiring right around the time where the strike started. And now I realize, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of nice to work. I, I mean, you, you know, when you are working, you think about not working. But Kimmel, Kimmel come on. You're, you are the Tom Brady of, of late. Well, no, I think he. You have a feigned of retirement. I'm Tom Brady without any rings. Yes. Or fingers. <laughs> Was this, are we to take you at your word that you were you were seriously considering this? I really was. I think I told you that privately, right? We're well, doing so. it publicly yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't uh, think we took you serious, though. 
I was serious. I was very, very serious. And I will say having the summer off, which, you know, I usually get the summer off and none of you guys get that. And I have to say, as, yeah, as we're much mad about I, that. I enjoy getting summers off, I enjoy the fact that you don't get them even more. It makes it all the sweeter. It makes it feel good to watch us mm-hmm. work. You have a good deal where you have the summers off. But I like getting the summer off better when I'm getting paid to get the summer off. None so of wait a second. Things. So you normally don't work in the summer, which we all know, but you're not being paid to not work when normally you are paid to not work? <laughs> I know. And that sound crazy. <laughs> but Did there's no difference with- <laughs> between what you're doing now and what you're doing when you were being paid. But they just said, nah, I don't pay him now. Well, have you expressed this sentiment to your employers at CBS? Uh, you should. I would, I would like a lawyer <laughs> present before I answer that question. I have a doctorate from a from a. Oh, you a, do? Yeah, an honorary doctorate. Yes, from, from uh, College of Saint Rose in Albany. Oh, yeah, wow. Knox College. I have an honorary doctorate from Knox College. And doctorate in what? Uh, humane letters. A fine arts. I have an honorary doctorate from the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. Do you have one? Am I, I the only one who doesn't have an honorary doctorate? Because my accent yeah, should be my honorary doctorate. <laughs> you really I like think people assume you have so many yeah. at this point. They don't you. That's the problem. Uh, Stephen, we both did the commencement at our uh, own modern Northwestern University. Yes. Didn't we get something for that? Didn't we get an honorary doctorate for that? Probably. I feel like I got a coin, like a big. Oh, I did. Yeah, up. a little in a little little case there. I got. Yeah, yeah I got. That. I got a doctorate. I retired it into the rafters of late night. And then uh, we had Bob Costas on the show that week, and we retired Bob Costas into the rafters and put him on wires and lifted him, hoisted him into the rafters, and then did a bit where he lived there for a year. He's still there. We check in, <laughs> check in on him. <laughs> we thought it was funny. Years ago, I bought, you know, I, I bought a pair of Gary Coleman's pants off of eBay. He was selling a, a really regular pair of sweatpants that he'd owned on eBay, and I got the pants, paid $500 for them, and wow. they were, I was very disappointed because the length, the inseam was just like a regular length, you know, and I, it, it wasn't what I wanted. So I had them hemmed and then we did uh, hang them in our studio where they hung for many years without anyone ever mentioning why they were there. And then they just disappeared. I don't know where they went. I don't know who has Gary's pants. Wow. I, uh, I have a weird pair of pants story. I have, I have never a time. Anastasio podcast weird pair of pants story. I have Anastasio Somoza's pants. Do you know who he was? The 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 brutal dictator of Nicaragua who was deposed by the Sandinista in the late seventies. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about here? Yes. Tell the story slowly. Don't miss anything out. <laughs> no one, outbid, no one, no one outbid you on this. I didn't have to. I I they worked out at the my gym. my mom Let's, had them. Okay. What? My mom Hello. had Anastasio Somoza's pants. Slower, slower. I, go slower. You, are you you're already Anastasio going faster than I want you to do? When Anastasio Somoza was deposed, like in, I don't know, 78 or 79 or whatever, he's, <laughs> I, we're watching the Today Show because I'm about to go off to school in the morning and we've got the little Hitachi TV in the kitchen and it's like Joe Garagiola, whoever, uh, talking to, uh, uh, you know, talking, uh, uh, watching the live feed of Somoza, who has fled Nicaragua and has landed in Miami and is getting off the plane to go to a, uh, some hospital. He's got a heart condition or cancer or something. And he's, you say, what, what pants is he wearing? Well, he's carrying his own suitcases. 
And they're, the, the newscasters are speculating, well, those are filled with like gold bullion or something like that. That's why he's carrying his own suitcases. He won't let anybody touch where the money is. And I was like, huh, look at that. And my mom, who's sitting, standing behind me, wiping her hands you know, on a kitchen towel, she goes, poor Tacho. And I said, what, what do you mean, Tacho? She goes, well, that's, that's what we used to call him. I said, who's we? Oh, your oh. uncle, your uncle Ed. You, wait, Uncle Ed? New Anastasio Somoza goes, well, we, 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 we dated for a little while. I said, you dated the brutal dictator of Nicaragua? And she goes, he wasn't the brutal dictator of Nicaragua when I was dating him. That was his father. And so my, my, my wow. uncle went to LaSalle Military Academy somewhere on Long Island back in the 1930s and, uh, and, and early 40s. And he... Tacho used to come home and stay with my my mom's family in Larchmont because he couldn't go all the way back to, um, is it Managua? Yeah, Managua uh, for the holidays. So he was like Harry Pottering, and my family was the Weasleys. And and so my mom went on some dates with Anastasio Somoza. And then whatever the last year he went back, after they graduated, he left his clothes at my grandparents' house. Oh, boy. And so I have Anastasio Somoza's pants. Wow. Yeah. You might have hey, mom drinks her, uh, My mom drinks her coffee out of Ferdinand Marcos's skull. My mom gave um, Castro a hand job once in like 1975, but that's pretty. That's 75. That's <laughs> 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 was that a bad year for a hand job? Well, I thought maybe when he was up and, you know, he tried out for the Yankees. He came up to New York. <laughs> I thought maybe when he was in the States. She oh, went she- to Cuba. To give Castro a hand job. I was one went to kill mom for a Yankee. Was it wait, wasn't there a hand job embargo from like nineteen sixty one on? It was. Yeah. My mother never followed the rules. I was Um, wondering what pull quote was gonna get pulled out of this podcast. And I wasn't sure what it was gonna be, but I didn't anticipate it was gonna be Stephen Colbert's family tangentially related to Nicaraguan dictator. But yeah, here we are. Wait a second. I think hand job for Castro is the pull quote. Uh, Why why uh, would my mom Perfectly no. innocent no. date no. in Larchmont no. in 1939. No, no. I'm just, I I want to credit your mom for the cover story she came up with for why she had his pants. Yeah, exactly. I think you bought it for touch. So, my son, this son, the room I'm in right now, wore Anastasio Somoza's uniform for Halloween one year. His <laughs> whole LaSalle Military Academy uniform. Do you have access to those pants now? They're in New Jersey. Unfortunately, they're not here. For one of these podcasts, maybe it'd be fun to um to pull yeah. them out, show his pants, and, show, and I'll show I'll, his I'll, pants. I'll, sh- I'll say in the label it says a Samosa in the, in and the label defense. Montclair. A Samosa's pants brought to you by Casamigos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a pants story too. This is a very particular Las Vegas <laughs> story. I once saw Sammy Davis Jr. buying pants in the boys section at uh, either Nordstrom's or Saks Fifth, Saks Fifth Avenue. He was shopping for pants in the boy. That's how he was a tiny person. Wow. I don't, I don't believe you. Promise. Uh, that you don't believe. Your mother probably <laughs> made love to a murderer. Oh, now, come on now. No problem. Hey, hey. Hey. He left his Separate. pants over the house. Oh, no. I mean, no. Come on. He's what, sleeping those, his come uniform. On. He had to get out he of the uniform when he was staying at the house. You yeah. don't think your mom sanitized that story at all for her boy, for her precious, beautiful little oh, You boy? know what? I hadn't thought about it that way. 
<laughs> that makes I'm it very sweet. <laughs> You've been a guest on so many talk shows. It is incredible to me that at no point during a pre-interview did you bring up... I got this one story about a Nicaraguan dictator in my mind but, that uh, maybe, maybe uh, you'd uh, like, Leno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Never, did, never did Leno. I never did Leno. You never did Leno. Never did Leno. He called me once, and I said, I have nothing against doing the show. I'd love to do the show. That would be great. I'm just never in Los Angeles. Have any of you ever called a guest to question why they're not doing your show? No. No. million years. <laughs> me neither. I have no idea who's on my show on a daily basis. I've had someone say to me why. I even dislike this. Someone said I ran into them at an event. They said, I'm sorry I haven't done your show yet. And I remember being like, oh, God, no, 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 no. Like, I don't want this to ever be about I owe you or you owe me. I just, it's so, yeah, it's so. I, I've had guests who were not guests, and I was not trying to book them because I don't book people on my show at a party. I was at a party once, and a famous movie star, as I walked over him, said, I don't want to be on your show. I said, I'm not asking you to be on my show. I just wanted to say I enjoyed your movie. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, wow. But this guy was so sure that I was coming over there to book him that he preemptively brushed me off. Over or under 50 years old? Over 50 years old, but doesn't look it. Looks amazing. Um, conservative politically? No. I have Keep been guessing. Wait, from he's, my... going, he's going to get it at some point. You think, he get it. you think it was more about you or the fact that he isn't comfortable doing talk shows? Um... Uh, more, uh, uh, more about not wanting to do talk shows. Now I was the reci I was the recipient of that. No, okay. I've never met Mr. Pacini. <laughs> I did. He, he was a great guest. I love a guest who doesn't really want to be there. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I like a guest who's hard. Like where they go, like you're not going to enjoy this. I'm like, I bet I will. I I really like the challenge. I like De Niro is famously like very reticent. And the first time I interviewed him on the show, I just didn't ask him anything. We just sat there in silence for a minute. And it was one of my favorite <laughs> moments with any guest. And the audience loved it. We just sat there and didn't talk for a solid minute. Try doing that. Yeah. Well, like, Kim, the attention is enormous. From, you came from radio. Do you, silence is like you're, you're the most biggest thing you're afraid of, right? Not at all. In fact, I'm now very good at in a deposition because if I'm asked a question that I'll just say no, and then sit there quietly while the lawyers twist. Okay, how many depositions have you been part of? A lot, a lot of them. How many? How many people on this call have had to do a deposition in association with their show? Oh, many. I got I hands up here. I did. Never one, two, no, yeah, not yet. No, John, John, I would think you. I'm surprised. I know. You've been in only the doctor. Only the doctor. We went straight to the lawsuit. Yeah, straight to the lawsuit and battle that out for years. But yeah, no deposition. No, I was, it was no almost deposition. a letdown when we won it, and he didn't appeal for the final time. I, I wasn't done yet. I got uh, I got John Stewart and I got named in the Google Viacom billion dollar lawsuit on both sides, like lawsuit and counter lawsuit. And they interviewed me. Google interviewed me about. I guess Google had bought YouTube and. When YouTube first started, like, this is crazy to say, but when YouTube first started, like, one quarter of all clips was me or John's show because there was nothing on YouTube to begin, to begin mm -hmm. with, and ours was very clippable. And they interviewed me, and they said, well, you're, you said all these things positive about YouTube on your show. And I said, no, my character said all those positive things about YouTube. 
And they said, well, well, what's the difference? And I had to explain the difference between me and Stephen Colbert. And they would ask me a question. I'd say, well, I can tell you why he said that, but I'll have to answer in character. Hmm. And so every time they'd ask me a question, I said, I'll tell you what, if you ask me a question that has to do with what I think, I'll answer with my coffee cup on the right side. If you ask me a question that the character said about what the character said and what he thinks, I'll move the coffee cup to the other side. And they would ask me a question. I'd think for a moment and I'd move the coffee cup and they would say, let the record show that the coffee cup is Mr. Colbert's left hand. Therefore, he is answering in character. <laughs> Four no, hours. Did you that. regret not bringing a puppet to make it more fun for you? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Great. Who's, you know that- mother, whose mother made love to a brutal dictator? Is that, would that be you or the character? Both. <laughs> that was the one thing our char- the character and I had in common. Yeah, he got, he got yeah. around. Dictators yeah. get around. Yeah, but remember- for but for my character's mom, it was Franco. James or Dave? John Franco. The Mets. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the Timothy Chalamet puppet that was uh, went viral for looking too realistic on the internet? And uh, they were like, it's- anyways, I can tell that you- none of you do. But we... Uh, <laughs> yes, Jimmy, <laughs> of course. <laughs> we bought it at the Tonight Show, and we we bought it for, like, I don't know, way too much money. And we would do some bit with it on the show, and I would pretend to be a voice of, uh, I don't know why I made him French, Timothy Chalamet, who's the puppet. And then uh, Timothy wanted to come on the show, and he wanted to uh, destroy the puppet. He didn't, he didn't like the bit, really, but he wanted to, like, destroy the puppet. And so I go, well, I got to ask the guy who we bought it from, just to let him know. I go, hey, we're going to have the Timothy Chalamet destroyed the puppet, and the guy was really upset. He was like, no. <laughs> Well, you bought it from him. It was part of the purchase price that he he had to give an okay for you to destroy. I don't know, but it just it was more guilt. I just didn't. You're being overly courteous. I still have the puppet. It's totally in great condition. And Jimmy, what did that puppet sound like? In fact, maybe we could do our little Casamigos ad read uh, with Jimmy playing the yeah. Timothy Chalamet puppet. Yeah, of course. Yes. Do you, do you guys have the script? Is this the thing you texted us? Yeah, that's that thing I texted you. Okay. Um, Hold Okay, yeah, I've never it. done I've never done an ad read before, so I may end up trying to shit on other brands, not this one. During it, it might just be an instinctive thing. I think that's perfectly fine. I, you know, I mean, I think that could be the way you get your first deposition, John. <laughs> Great, strap in, let's do this. <laughs> it's good to have friends with proceeds, and with all the proceeds from this podcast going, our friends currently out of work. We are very lucky to have our pals at Casamigos supporting Strike Force Five. Our amigos and benefactors, George Clooney, Randy Gerber, and Mike Medman created Casamigos to be their house tequila years ago. It was never meant to leave their house, but word quickly got around about how great it was, and since they made it for their friends, they figured it wouldn't hurt to make some more. Right behind, James. Thank that you. was spooky. Made from 100% blue Weber agave. That's the perfect percentage amount. <laughs> from the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico, with slow... Roasted agave piñas. Casamigos is a world-class tequila. Great meat on the rocks. And, of course, in a margarita. Certainly much better than... Which is not fit for human consumption. (laughs) Casamigos has something for everyone. From their crisp, clean Blanco. The Reposado. With a soft, slightly oaky, smooth finish. With hints of my nicknames for uh, Kimmel and uh, Fallon, ironically. Caramel and cocoa. To the pure and complex Añejo that, that I think has soft vanilla notes. Do you guys agree? They're balanced and 
elegant mezcal with delicate notes of smoke and black pepper, not like the notes of which is gasoline. And now, George and Randy have launched Casamigos Cristalino, if I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. Crisp and clean with a silky smooth finish. You're going to want to wipe your ass with it. <laughs> That's too much? Did I depart from the script too much? No. Uh, let's take that line again. Anyone knew you departed from the script. Wait, okay. you're saying Cristalino, this is a new thing. Crystal, this is brand new. And now George and Randy have launched Casamigos Cristalino. Give me a lightning strike. Crisp and clean with a silky smooth finish, like the sheets you make love on. <laughs> Unlike most Cristalinos that are Añejo based, Añejo, Spanish for elderly, Casamigos Cristalino is made from the award winning Casamigos Reposado that has the character of the Reposado with the clean, crisp, bright notes of the Blanco. Mm. I need to try that. They like to say our tequila is your tequila, our casa is your casa, but don't go to it you'll be arrested brought to you by those who drink it as always enjoy responsibly imported by casamigo spirits company white plains new york 40 percent alcohol by volume i love that end part where they say that i never really realized it until i saw it in print when you mentioned the smooth sheets there colbert were they as smooth as the sheets that your auntie slept with ceausescu <laughs> and call yeah what was his name what was it what did they call him again what was Tacho. the, the sweet what Tacho. Tacho. And you've seen your mom standing in a window saying just softly to the moon? No, she literally stood behind me and said, wiping her hands on like a kitchen towel. She goes, poor Tacho. <laughs> I don't think I you got... know how good a story that is, Stephen. No, I'm aware. Okay, good. I'm aware of how good of a story that is. I saved it for Strike Force 5. My mom was a, My mom was a nun for a week. <laughs> wow. No, really? That's yeah. better. Like a like a novitiate, like she didn't take holy orders. She like she went in there like, hey, I'll give, I'll do some training. Yeah, she like went to like a convent and got into. She shadowed another nun, another nun for a week, like a like at a restaurant. Yeah, had a habit, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole outfit. What 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 habit the first week? Yeah, that's crazy. Habit right away. Yeah, it's like going in the Marines. They shave your head. Speaking of shaving, nuns do not shave their legs. Have you have you noticed that? Have any of you noticed that? Your oh, Sister Carmelita, <laughs> Sister Carmelita had like a Brillo brush coming out of the white hose when I oh. when I was in. It was really oh. alarming. I'm like, what? Jimmy, what? Uh, what changed her mind after a week? Did she like see a photo of a young Slobodan Milosevic and realize she couldn't? <laughs> Keep her balance. Why did she? Why did she drop out after a week of nunning? I, she, I remember she couldn't take. I think it was the fasting or something that really. I, that was the story that kept bringing up. <laughs> and and then, Jesus, but there wasn't enough her. food in her. In her. In her. Her nunnery. Yeah, I think it's she, a rough gig. She smuggled in lifesavers or something to this thing. I got busted. I want to say like this is how re- rebellious my mom was. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and they got busted. And then she said, "I, I don't want to do this." Are there photos of your mom as a nun? Yeah, I have a picture. Yeah, I have a couple of pictures. Yeah, Would you me. be willing to share that? Would you be willing to share that photo? You bring the pants. I'll bring the uh, nuns. I will bring the pants. I will actually, actually, I will have someone go to my house and mail me the pants. I'm going to call my dad as soon as, we, as soon as this is over. I'm getting the, my, these nun photos. Are her nun photos like those Elvis goes to the army photos? It's a lot of like her in line with other prospective nuns. I, 
getting her as they like take her height <laughs> like a mug shot yeah they took a, a kind nun of, shot kind of uh I, I, the one i remember i think it's my mom holding a doll of a like a nun doll or something. that's possible they give all the nuns a nun doll so they can just do dry runs I mean, I don't think your mom was in a nunnery for a week. Something else <laughs> happened, and I don't know what it is, but I don't think they... Sounds like a, sounds like a hidden abortion like, to me. I have honestly. a picture of my dad as a kid holding a G.I. Joe, but I didn't say he was in the army. You know what I mean? She had a doll you know, it of a sounds nun. ironic, but she was holding, I want to say, a nun doll dressed as a nun. So, are, is, so if your mom... So super religious, or... Yeah. You have a super religious upbringing, Jim? Yeah, I did. I did have... I, uh, you know, uh, really, yeah, super religious-ish, and then I think <laughs> that's, kinda, that's not that's not a qualifier you can put on the end of sure. it. Jimmy. Kosher-ish. It's it's okay. kind of it stopped. It slowed down a little bit. But I was I was thinking about being a priest at one point. I was really into. I was Same, here. Altar boy. Same here. Yeah. I don't, love you think, don't you think all altar boys have that thought at some point? I, you're there, and you're like you you're yeah. with. This this man who gets so much respect and you think like, yeah, maybe, you know what? I don't, girls don't seem to be interested yeah. at all. Maybe this will be my excuse. I, I said to my dad, I want to be a vicar when I grow up. And he said, no, you just want people to listen to you. I remember it hurting, but oh. then thinking, hey, he is right. Nice. I think there's a friendlier way to say that, but he is, yeah, that in is way, true. You, in the way what your dad was saying is mom and I should pay more attention to our son. <laughs> <laughs> then he put a cigarette out in your neck. That's right, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And then I held up a little doll of myself that they gave me when I was born, Jimmy. Seth, are you the only one who didn't consider of this this group, which is kind of crazy, that did not think about getting into the clergy? Yeah, but next next church I go into is the first church I go into, guys. Um, <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it. <laughs> I can't wait. You're a freak. It's yeah. Crazy. Have you heard about Jesus? I, you know, my thing have is, you heard the uh, good I'm, news, Seth? I guess that's what we're asking you. Have you heard the good news? I um. <laughs> You know, my thing, of course, is everybody assumes I'm Jewish, which I'm not. But now I have, uh, you know, I married a, a Jewish woman. And, and so she's trying to get me late in life. She wants me to convert to the thing that everyone assumed I've always been. <laughs> You're already so far down the road. You might as well. I think, But I'm getting all the benefits without having to put in any of the work as it is. So I What are like some of the I'm benefits of being Jewish, Seth? Go ahead. Jewish people are super nice to me. <laughs> Jewish people. Stephen, Jew, I cannot tell you. I mean, we did three shows on the Upper West Side. Can, John Oliver will attest to this. I can I can vouch for that. As someone else, as someone who is also not Jewish but likes the look, I have been riding that train for years. Same here. Everyone thinks I'm Jewish, and um, I think part of it is because I was dating Sarah Silverman. They assumed we must both be Jewish, but it's interesting how disappointed they are when I tell them that I'm not, and I've just I, stopped telling them that I'm not. I had my my uh, the um, Spencer Wells from the National Geographic Genographic Project, where they're tra tracking human migration all over the world. Oh, did he, your mom have sex with him? Yes, and uh, he did my. We did, bring his belt. We did next the, time. <laughs> we did the cheek scraping thing, and he goes, "Okay, your haplogroup K. This is your large like group of like the the family tree of of humanity you're in. There's a seventy five percent chance that you're Ashkenazi Jewish." And yeah. I'm like, you have, we have, how do we dial this in? How do we find out? Cause I'm, I'm all in, I'm ready. Steven, and remember that uh, they, I, I did one of those and they said, you and I were from the same very small haplo group. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, who else is in that haplo group? Atsi the Iceman. Oh yes. Yeah. Who invented what, uh, some kind of a zit cream? Oxy cream. Yeah. 
yeah. his original Dr. Pimple Popper. That could be a good <laughs> nickname for one of us, the Iceman. <laughs> and he was always at your house when you got home from school? <laughs> I've got Ossie the Iceman's socks. <laughs> he was always looking for direction. Poor Ossie. Poor Ossie, my mom used to say. Poor Ossie. I've just remembered a crazy detail from my family. My great, great, I think great grandfather was Queen Victoria's chaplain. And I didn't realize that until very recently. But I've never done Finding Your Roots, and I never will, because I don't want to learn anything else about British history on camera. Don't you want a whole new crop of relatives to visit and, and entertain? Don't you want to get canceled? Yeah, do you remember oh. Ben Affleck did the... Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Yes, yeah, and it is. We all remember that. We all remember that. Yeah, German for what he went. Should we talk about? Should we talk about Mint Mobile and, and play the the nice ad? We should. Well, let's. I think they want us to talk about Ben Affleck, and then we we'll use that as a roll-in. Ben Affleck and the despicable Matt Damon contacted me and offered to pay our staff for two weeks, a week each. They wanted to pay out of their own pockets. Our staff. Uh, our staff or your staff? My staff, not yours. No. <laughs> I was like, because I had such warm yours. feelings suddenly. But I mean, listen, I mean, first of they're all, good, they're good. They're good people. From did, ben, you say, did you say no? I did say no, but uh, I did not. I felt that that was not their responsibility. Would <laughs> it be transferable? But here we have, <laughs> like, but here we have, could you Ryan. just say yes and then give your money to us? And then here, here, here we have Ryan Reynolds. Who, yeah. He is giving money to our staff, basically. That is true. He yeah. is. Yes, he is. And we're allowing it because we're talking about Mint Mobile, which he's also offered um, service, Mint Mobile service for free for a year to our staff. So, um, and I don't know the details of that, but I know that that's, yeah, that's the headline there. And Ryan has recorded a commercial for us. And this is the first recorded commercial for the Strike Force 5. Hmm. And I think that's pretty exciting. And uh, should we roll it? Let's listen. Let's get ready. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. I know what you're thinking. Ryan Reynolds? You're a giant movie star. Why aren't you a guest on this show instead of doing one of the ads? Well, that's a great question, Ryan. And one I asked literally every single one of the hosts multiple times. Four of them didn't reply at all. And one simply replied, who dis? With a zany face emoji. I think you can guess which one that was. So, yes, I had Mint Mobile buy ad space to tell you Mint just lowered its prices, so now you can get unlimited for just $15 a month. For a limited time. And right when Big Wireless is raising its prices. And that's the only reason I bought this ad space. No sad, validation-seeking celebrity trying desperately to get into the new hot thing here. Just me, premium wireless for $15 a month. And we don't need any of you. I mean, we need customers, obviously. I meant any of you late-night hosts. Oh, this is getting sad. Just visit mintmobile.com, please, and don't don't tell them about this ad, okay? $45 up front required, plus tax and fees. Three-month promo rate renews at full price. Limited time for new customers only. Data speeds reduce after 40 gigabytes per month for unlimited. Video streams at 480p. Visit mintmobile.com. Thank you, man. He's a good man. man. Do visit (laughs) mintmobile.com. Type it in and visit it. They'll be happy to have you. Yeah. Why not? Just just for fun. Anybody who's been, li- I mean, again, look, we could call this if we another good name for this podcast would be Crosstalk. Wait, that gets an explosion. <laughs> That's, too? I, I question yeah. that. I question yeah, that. Right? I, I'm with Steven on that. I don't think Crosstalk. I'm with Jimmy the on that. The one thing you knew I wasn't going to say is the name of the podcast because I said another name. So the one thing I was going to say was not Sorry. the name. I'm just, I'm 
quick on the button here. Hey, what, you know, the truth is that this podcast is named after our text chain. Which started right after the, the strike start, or, or before. Yeah. Just right, yeah, right then. But what, what are the other names? Weren't there other names that we were, were trying to come up with a name for our, our Zoom? Were there others, Seth? Didn't you have? I had bad ones. Or should we I save that for the next show? I have, the I, have, I have code names for all of you in case somebody finds my phone. And oh. I don't want them to know, like, who you guys are. Yeah, Kimmel, we, you too. Kimmel, you are Crank Yanker. Okay, great. I like that. Uh, Fallon, you are Steve Allen. Wow. Sick. Seth, you are Boom Chicago. <laughs> Very clever. Theater I used to work for. And um, weird, that, weird that you said Boom and somebody missed the chance to play an explosion, but that's fine. And uh, John Oliver, <clears throat> you are Jolliver. Mm-hmm. Which used to be your name script. on yeah. scripts at yeah. the Daily Show because we couldn't mix up John and John, and you both had the no H ridiculousness, right? You got no. No, H, actually, right? no. I've, I, I'm, I'm, I have. You the have H. the H. You yeah, have the H. Not? Okay, I, I no, apologize. I, I didn't no. want to slander you. Got to be a pretty dumb guy who stole Stephen's phone to not figure out Jolliver. To be I really question your code breaking skills there. Well, do, I don't, do you have any other? Open. Do you have other? Like, do you guys have like celebrity friends with like the, like fake names in there for them to to protect I them? I just use uh, I just put your addresses in. No, yeah. I don't. And not only that, whenever I get in a rental car, I let it take all my contacts, and I have all the names written out. <laughs> I got birthdays, I got kids' names, I got the whole thing. Uh, Colbert, I think I told you this once, but I was at a hotel and uh, I saw Bruce Willis there. And, we, you know, when people stay at hotels, they have aliases that they stay under and so on. Like that. So I saw Bruce Willis at this uh, bar and he was fun. And he goes, oh, I'm here for all week or whatever. If you want to hang out, I go, yeah. I go, he goes, I'm not, I, I said to Bruce, I'm not staying under my name just so no one bothers me. He goes, all right. Well, and he had a pen. He's like, who are you staying under? I go, Bruce Willis. <laughs> and uh, he laughed and then we never talked again. I told you that when I, when I told you, and I thought it was a compliment, when I said to you, hey, uh, you're on my phone under Steve Allen. And you said, you're on my phone under Byron Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Two comedy legends. I once had uh, Andy Samberg and Colin Jost at my apartment late at night. We had ordered pizza. We were just flipping through TV trying to find something. Yeah, I didn't. I name dropped. And then, uh, but we flipped to that show, that Byron Allen show where he used to interview oh, three yeah. comedians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we just, yeah. We flipped to it. It was the best thing ever to flip to with two other comedians. We flipped, and right as we flipped, Byron Allen goes, now that's what I call a Wookiee mistake. <laughs> that's the perfect, the perfect nonsense punchline. Like a Star Wars something? When there's a new yeah. talk show or a bad talk show on, do you watch it? I have a call. No. Uh, no. John? I always like watching the new, the first episode of any show because you know what they're going through, and you know it's not fair to be judged on that, and you know everyone's going to do it anyway. But it's it's amazing to see someone's first idea of a show that they think yeah. they're going to be making, even though six months later it's going to be completely. Different. Can I just say there's going to be a very good transition to our next episode? Oh yeah, okay. okay. Is that like, we're going to be? Ta- why we're going to be talking about first episodes? Sure. I, I I will just say this about watching new talk shows is that I have a collection of talk show swag of not my talk show. And I don't mean you guys. Obviously, I sleep in a, you know, late night with Seth Meyers T-shirt. But I have um, I have the original I have the Dennis Miller show hat 
I've Ooh. got a Chevy Chase show hat. Wow. And the C is falling out of Chevy. I Ooh. have a Magic Hour t-shirt. Nice. Um, I have a Pat Sajak show silk jacket. So wow. that's a... Uh, that's you got Thick of the Night? I'd, I'd, if someone's listening and wants to send me one, I want oh, a collection of... Into the Night with Rick Dees. Ooh. Oh, do you have that? No, I'm just trying to come up with a Christmas presents for you. That's all. Yeah, that's what I, I love. Short-lived talk shows. As a reminder, right to now, work hard. I really, really hope right now there's a guy whose wife finally convinced him to throw away all his late-night talk show <laughs> shit a day before Colbert put <laughs> the call out. I mean, yeah, this is going to trip. Whoever's going to want this Rick D's shit? <laughs> Did you guys ever have a situation where you were asked to be a part of another talk show before you were doing this particular show because I was interviewed and I think I was kind of offered the job uh, to be the announcer on the magic hour. I was offered what? the job to be the announcer on the magic hour. I know and another person. Jim who was- Sharp. Remember Jim Sharp? For Wait, wait a minute. Jim Sharp was at Comedy Central. Right, but he went and produced the magic hour. Jim Sharp called me up and offered me the job as the announcer on the magic hour. Wow. I, I I was interviewed by Lon Rosen, who was Magic's um, manager at the time. No, they were there too. That was a big meeting. That, that that everybody was there, but Jim was the guy who called me. Sorry, Fallon. Go ahead. Jimmy, what? Oh, Lon Rosen's real. Yeah. So did you get offered that same job? No, no. My uh, my friend did. He was going to be the sidekick, and then got really close, and they got replaced. I think by Craig Shoemaker, maybe. Craig yes. Shoemaker. Craig yes. Shoemaker got the gig. Yeah. What what the is funniest, of course, of all of us would be if John Oliver was the announcer on the, the Magic, Magic Hour. Hour. It's not too late. <laughs> I love the theme song Magic. I used to watch that all the time. Is it Sheila E was the musical director? Yes, she was. I she was, was so I I go in I go into this meeting. Uh, I think I'm literally like I'm out for pilot season and I get nothing because no one ever hired me for anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm headed to the airport to leave. And they go, hey, stop by. They, uh, Jim Sharp wants to meet you at the, this thing, Magic Johnson. I said, okay. So I stop by the place. They sit down. They talk to me. They leave the room. And he goes, they really, they really want you for this. They really want you for this. Let me describe to you what, the, what it's going to be. You're going to be like the crazy uncle because Magic's not a – he's not a, a host. But, but And you're going to be like the comedy. Like you're going to say crazy shit, and he's not going to understand it. And this is like, real. This is real. And like who and he's gonna be like, who is this guy? And you're gonna basically just like pepper him with some jokes while he's trying to tell the stories. And but like you know, you're the crazy uncle. He doesn't understand who you are, he doesn't get you, and he's gonna be like, Who is this guy? And that's the general idea. And I had a child with a child on the way, and I was totally unemployed and I needed the job. And I flew back to uh I flew back east to see Evie and I said, I've been offered a job. And she goes, That's fantastic. And I said, and I want I can't take it. And she goes, what? What would it pay? And I knew what it would pay. It was decent you know, money. And she goes, okay. I said, I promise you, if I take this job, it's going to be a huge mistake. And she sat down at the kitchen table. She goes, okay, I trust you, and got up and left the room, pregnant. Wow. And the first night the magic hour is on, he comes out. Craig Shoemaker says something to him, and magic goes, man, he's like my crazy, crazy uncle. uncle. He just... He's my crazy uncle. He just says stuff, and I don't understand. I'm like, who is this guy? He literally says the entire thing. I was going to say that. You beat me to that. That is exactly what I was going to tell you. I go, he actually called him his crazy uncle on the show. And I, and I turned to Evie, and she went, okay, I get it. I understand. 
It's so Magic weird Johnson. because the first time I saw you on television, Stephen, I thought, is that Magic Johnson's uncle? Because <laughs> Jimmy, Kim, not you, the normal one, the crazy you one. Jimmy, did you want the job? Not at did all. You, like, Kim, I said, I told him in the room, I laughed. I said, this is never going to work. And Magic is probably my all-time favorite athlete, you know. And uh, the idea of even meeting him was very exciting. But it, it was very clear just walking through the office. I was not even on TV at the time. I was a dish jockey. So being on television would have been a big deal. But that did not seem like it was going to be a wait, a... wait a second. That's how long ago it was? It was before Win Ben Stein's money? Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, it was right there, right in that very... At that moment. Yeah. When Kimo, did, Kimo, did people... Uh... Uh, do, do they understand the joke that you're doing uh, on Instagram when you send vacation photos of you and Magic Johnson traveling the world on a boat? Oh, <laughs> most do not. Most are jealous that I'm on vacation with Magic Johnson. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, it's I, the funniest thing, dude. He photoshopped my image into Magic Johnson's annual vacation. I think we've been doing it for like six or seven year, a, a, years now. And every year, Magic and I have a serious conversation where he says, I am going to invite you on, on the trip this year. And then every year I start seeing pictures and I realize that I'm not on the trip. So I put myself into the into the Instagram photos. And it is amazing how many people really think I'm there. And people, At first I thought it was real. I go, dude, what is he? what was the vacation like? And you're like, that's a joke, dude. That was, that was five years ago or something. But I was like, oh, my God. And you kept doing it. You did it this year. I've had people repeatedly think I'm on vacation with Magic Johnson. And even though I tell Beautiful them, like, no, no, it's a joke. But, um, yeah, no, I unfortunately haven't vacationed with Magic. Maybe it's because I spurned his ad his advances at that time. Do you think he remembers? No, not a chance. He didn't even know I was in that meeting. You must have been were you too young when you got SNL Fallon for anything to have come before it. No, like, did you get off anything? Uh, I did. I, I I was on Spin City uh, as an as an actor before Saturday Night Live. I was on. I did. I was on. Spin, well. I was Spin City. Really I did. did Spin City too. No way. Me like, and Richard did, Kind. Did. Richard Kind, he's funny, man. I was L.A. Spin City. Wait, well, not. I wasn't L.A. Spin City. I was. I was Charlie Sheen Spin City. Oh. <laughs> no. no I, I the crazy thing is, I did a. I did one scene with Charlie Sheen on Spin City. And he was a total gentleman, and it was my uh, my performance. <laughs> I don't know, maybe not his type. Yeah. Uh, total gentleman. I, think my, I remember that it was so when he had his thing, it was so different from the Charlie Sheen I met that it was a full week into it until I remembered. Oh, I I worked with Charlie Sheen. Like it seemed like a totally different dude to me hmm. than the guy done a scene with in spin city do you remember charlie sheen was like the top the number one subject yes for, it is funny to go back tiger to, blood tiger blood yeah yeah tiger blood and winner winner chicken dinner and all that madness and then yeah, the, duh, winning yeah duh. he once raced into my studio and kissed me on the face and we did not know what was that he was there or it was going to happen wow during a taping yeah, during, yes, right in the middle of the show. What was he doing on set? Was he were they shooting nearby? He was, was he in the wrong wrong studio. A friend of one of the other guests. Oh no! Ah, it may have been his wife actually at the time. Yeah. Can we get back to Bruce Willis for a second? Here? Yeah. Is that Tony Bennett? <laughs> God rest his soul, who we just lost. When Tony Bennett's ninety first birthday, he came on my show, and. I, you know, I think he might have said, like, I sang I Left My Heart in San Francisco. And 
it was his 91st birthday, so we had a cake for him. And when we go to roll out the cake for Tony, no one in the audience noticed this. It was Bruce Willis rolled the cake out. He was there with somebody else. And he goes, can I roll the cake out? So Bruce just rolled the cake out and like walked away. And no one noticed that it was Bruce. That's my Bruce Willis story. <laughs> my Tony Bennett story is... Sorry, go ahead, Chuck. I was at the Statue of Liberty. They opened the museum on on, uh, on the island, and it was a Venice Statue of Liberty. And I was hosting, and Tony Bennett came out to sing America the Beautiful. And uh, he had his accompanist on stage, and his daughter was there. And he was only supposed to sing America the Beautiful. And, you know, this is maybe six years ago, so he was, you know, advanced age. And he went up and sang a beautiful rendition of America the Beautiful. And then I was supposed to walk up and and get a, get his applause, but he was getting so much applause that I didn't want to walk on stage and and sort of step like I him off, steal Tony's thunder. And while people were applauding, he just started singing. Sorry, somebody said thunder, and I, my hand just. <laughs> no, that's so I understand. Sorry. I while the applause was going, he uh, he just started singing. I left my heart in San Francisco, and and then his daughter came over to me and goes. You gotta get up there. If you don't get up there after each song, he's gonna do another song. And it was just very, very sweet to hear his daughter be like, "He'll keep going." If they're when we did the just... rally on the mall, there's a quarter of a million people out there, and we were short, right? Like, our, I remember we didn't that. Fill our time. We had a quarter of a million people and like 50 guests, and we were short. And we're like, "Tony, you got anything?" And he went out there and sang. I think God Bless America or America yeah. the Beautiful or something I, like that. I, that. That was my first encounter with him. I was dressed like Peter Pan. I was walking off stage because I'd just been with you. I tripped over Tony Bennett's foot and fell on top of R2-D2. And I thought, this is an eclectic afternoon. <laughs> yes. This is all that, business. With all that, it's shameful that you were short. <laughs> that you had Peter Pan and R2-D2 and Tony Bennett. And you were like, criticism. <laughs> R2-D2 had already sang I Left My Heart in San Francisco. That's the problem. <laughs> He was. He had a beautiful voice, actually. He had surprisingly good. Uh, that trash can took my song, baby. Should we wrap it up here, boys? Perhaps with um. What a, what a lovely first episode! Fantastic. Was that an hour? Oh, boy, that was at least an hour. <laughs> I think yeah. Mike, who's editing this, has killed himself. Just so everybody knows, we're gonna get. This is great. He's a good guy. I liked him too. Anyone got any Mike stories? Should be fine, Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike helped me set up my uh, my little thing here today. That was because... my story. Though. That was my story. No, but I've got a different one because my all my tech people are on vacation because this was going to be our vacation week, and so they're just on they are on vacation, and so I've got this board. Look at that. Yeah, that's what I got. Looks like art. Audio medium, but but it does nothing. It's connected to nothing. Look, watch this. I'm going to unplug it. I'm going to unplug it. It just changed nothing. Absolutely nothing. Can you eat it? I think it's cake. Can you eat it? Is it great? Eat, I think eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Can we? But can I say, ask someone one request? At yeah. some point, can we return to Spin City in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I have a, I think I have a I Jennifer think... Gardner. Because we, Jennifer Gardner was also on the episode I was on, and I have a Jennifer Gardner story. Yeah, tease that for no shit. To stick yeah. around, and... that'll be in episode two of Strike Force Five. This we, is fun, guys. Again, we want to thank uh, <laughs> our sponsors, Casamigos and Mint Mobile, Ryan Reynolds, George Clooney, Randy, Randy Gerber, Gerber, Mike Meldman, 
Ed Pilkington, Dan Sanborn, Mike Chaffee, who is running our board right now. And I do have stories about Mike, and uh, I'll tell you those at some other juncture just to make him nervous right now. But we're going to do at least 12 episodes of this show. We're doing it through the strike. Money we make will be will go right to our staffs who are currently on strike for great reasons. So we hope that you will listen to the show. We'll be back with another one this week, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. and we'll find out how uh, Stephen Colbert's uncle came to possess Pol Pot's gym shorts. Yes, we will. <laughs> that and more on the next edition of Strike Force. Strike Force 5. Five.